Hey, listen, uh, we've been in a series uh, the last four weeks. This is week four uh, called Level Up. And we firmly, firmly believe that just in 2023 that God is calling us to some things. And so we believe that um, as, a, as a family. We believe that from a staff standpoint. We believe that in personal lives. We believe that for you in your personal life. And we believe that God is calling us to level up with a higher purpose, greater commitment, and a new perspective. And I, it's really interesting. Um, I know that in my life, uh, personally, I just feel like God is giving so many uh, great new perspectives and calling me to these commitments, reminding me of what it is that I'm doing, following him, and reminding me of my purpose. And so this is personal for me. I hope you've been getting a lot out of this uh, this series. Last week, Pastor Julie, I, can, I mean Pastor Haley, I can say Pastor Haley now. We prayed for her last week. So, so, so proud of her. What an, uh, an honor for me to be able to live life with her. She just, I think she was 17 years old when she came into our midst. And she is just a powerhouse. And it was awesome to be able to pray for her last week. She preached. She delivered a message last week, Level Up. Uh, to do that, we need to deny ourselves. It's always fun when we talk about like these hard things, like deny myself, uh, but I'm all that matters. So, This week, we're going to actually read the exact same uh, story, the exact same historical account of a conversation uh, that she read. She read in the book of Mark. I'm going to read from a different person that was there. His, guy, his name was Luke. And Luke uh, was interesting because he was a physician, and he was very exact in why he said what he said, how he uh, recounted certain things and his language. And so uh, we're going to read in Luke chapter, starting in Luke chapter 9, verse 18. One day Jesus left the crowds to pray alone, and only his disciples were with him. And he asked them, who do people say I am? Let me, let me just give you some context. Jesus has fed 5,000 people miraculously. He's healed. I mean, he's done a lot of crazy things. His, he, he's moved in ways that it's hard for us to understand. He's said some words that are difficult for us to fully comprehend. And his reputation, people are like, who, who is this guy, right? It's, you start, start to wonder, like, who, who, who is this Jesus? And so he asked this question, who do people say that I am? It says, well, they replied, uh, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are the one of the other ancient prophets risen from the dead. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? I love this because what it's saying to us that culturally there's this moment with Jesus and his disciples where he's saying, listen, society, people, the media, your friends, social media, all have something to say about who I am, Jesus. And this is as relevant today as it was the moment he asked his disciples. And he's saying, but I understand what everyone is saying. I'm asking you, who do you say that I am? And Peter, who I love Peter, this guy, Peter, if, if, you, if you're not really familiar with the Bible, this guy, Peter, was a follower of Jesus, a disciple. When Jesus was murdered on the cross, uh, Jesus told Peter, you're going to deny me three times after that happens. And Peter denies that he was a follower of Jesus three times. 
Then Peter goes on to give the first sermon ever in the church. Then he goes on to be a massive part of the church growing and Christianity spreading. And uh, there's this, so, so Peter's a little bit of, of uh, he's, he's that guy that if someone's going to speak up, this is the dude who's going to say something. So Peter replies, of course, Peter replies, he's like, you're the Messiah sent from God. Now, this is important because the disciples and the people are starting to kind of figure out Jesus is just not a normal guy. There's something about him. And Jesus is saying things to them, and as he's saying things to them, things are starting to match up, and they're, and they're going, what, what is it about him? And Peter begins to really give direct languages. He's the Messiah sent from God. Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. And the Son of Man, he says, the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Jesus begins to describe to Peter and the disciples, here are the ways that I'm going to be your Messiah. Here, he, here are the ways that I'm going to achieve what it is that I'm, I'm telling you. And he says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. This is the portion of scripture that Haley preached on last week in Mark. Same story, different account perspective. And in, in Mark's language, he says, you must deny yourself. He says, you must give up your own way. But I like my way of doing things. Does anyone like their way of doing things? Like, I don't like when my way gets disrupted. Okay? He says, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. In verse 24, it says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, this is the one who will save it. It's, he starts getting into the, it's, it's so interesting. That what you think matters doesn't matter. That when you are trying to achieve things and you're like, I'm winning in life, you're actually running the risk of losing in life. And Jesus is starting to give this new perspective. For what good does it do a person if he gains the whole world but loses or forfeits himself or his soul? And then this verse, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words... Jesus could have just said, whoever's ashamed of me, but he says, me and my words. The Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory. And the glory of the Father and the holy angels. But I say to you truthfully, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. That what I'm presenting to you today is that we would level up through submission in order to gain a new perspective. And what are we submitting to? Ways and words. We're submitting to ways and words that in my life right now, what I'm leaning into, what I am feeling like God's given me such deep revelation in is that it's not about my ways and it's not about my words. And so today I'm going to preach a message called Ways 
and words. Let's pray real quickly if you could just join me. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that as we spend a few moments together talking about your words, that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to really be open to letting these land and take place in our hearts in a way that's, that's different. That it, 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 Maybe there's even a shift in how we hear these things. That, Lord, whatever it is that I have planned to say, that ultimately you would speak. I ask for your presence and your Holy Spirit. Um, Lord, ultimately, that you have control, that you would be in control of our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's begin with number one, leveling up in submission to God's ways. Let's talk about submission. Submission is, is a bit of a profane word in society uh, in 2023. I feel like personally, when you talk about submission, it's like submission, you're like, heck no, I'm not submitting uh, nothing. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's, right? I mean, is it just me? Okay. Okay. At least two of you. Um, let me, give you the, let me give you the definition for submission. The action of yielding to the will or authority of another person. That definition in and of itself causes problems. Do you know why? Because it, it, it uses a word that right now, for sure, I'm going to use this. Pastor Haley last week said not to, but I'm going to use this word. This, okay, you ready? The word authority is a trigger. Some of you get triggered by the idea of there is an authority, and you are not the authority. <laughs> right? So the idea of submission is difficult because what it says is that there's an authority. There's another person's will or authority. And what we're talking about is God, his will, his authority. Let me say it this way. His mission is actually the chief mission. Submission is whatever it is, whatever way, whatever plan I have, whatever words I say, is, is subordinate to God's mission. Submission. So in Luke 9, 23, when Luke says, he recounts the story, Jesus says, take up your cross daily. What's he saying? I want to break this down so we understand this. Number one, a cross. Now, if, if you know the story of Jesus, you're looking in 2020 hindsight and you know the story of a cross. Uh, but let, let me define some things about a cross. They were big, close to 300 pounds, up to 15 feet tall. And when you were convicted as a criminal, crosses were a criminal's punishment and they were meant to torture, cause death, and, and formatively will leave that person who was seen as criminal, their legacy would be that of humiliation. And it, was, it, and it wasn't something that you volunteered for. That the Roman Empire, the, the government would say, you have to carry your own cross. We're not putting it on you as a as like an ask. We're telling you, you're going you're going to you're going to take on this cross, and you would carry it yourself. You were marked by it. So there's this interesting thing that Luke is saying because he's recounting Jesus saying you have to take up your cross daily. <laughs> But Jesus isn't telling you and I that we need to die, take up a physical cross and carry it to our death physically every single day. It's not possible for me to die every single day. I attempted this four months ago. If you don't know, listen, I'm going to talk about a little bit about where I'm at. Four months ago, I was in a, I, I, I was in a completely life-changing accident in the middle of St. George, Utah. Left me basically dying in the middle of the street. This is the truth. 
This, that moment wasn't God saying, oh, now Pat's really obeying and dying to himself daily. Okay? So this cross was always forced. It always ended in physical death. If someone in Roman culture took a cross, he never came back. It was a one-way journey. This idea that Luke is presenting that Jesus said of take up is the voluntary portion of it. He didn't say, take what Jesus is nailing to your back. He's saying Jesus voluntarily went to the cross with no personal gain, but for you to not have to live underneath the guilt. And now you have, Jesus is saying, now you have an opportunity to take up your cross. And Jesus is speaking spiritually to us that we would die to ourselves daily. And it's a one-way journey. And you don't come back from it. The idea is Jesus is saying that you don't die to yourself today and submit to my ways. And then tomorrow wake up and go, psych. Just joking, Jesus. Are you with me? So the, the metaphor here is it's a one-way journey. And so to take up is a voluntary submission rather than forced. Now, what, what I also will say is that culturally in the Roman culture during this Roman Empire, that if you took on a cross, you were being deemed criminal, foolish, and humiliated. And that's the way society saw you. And Jesus is saying, as accounted by Luke, when you take up the cross of submitting to my ways, you will be seen in culture in 2023 equally that what you're doing is potentially criminal activity. That it's foolish. What are you doing? Submitting to Jesus. That it could be humiliating to your life. And, and this encouragement is that, and I love this, it's Jesus took on his cross and he says, take it, now take up your cross. And what I know is when it's tough, when I'm, when I'm wrestling with my own humanity and saying, God, I need the humility to be obedient to the submission to your ways, I can take that to the feet of the cross that Jesus died on. I get to take my cross to the feet of Jesus' cross. That he doesn't leave me alone in it. That I'm actually walking into a life with Christ and in Christ when I take up my cross. The question that you're left with is when you say, God, I want to take up my cross. I want to submit to your ways, God's ways, how he's doing things and what he's doing. I remember uh, somebody said to me, it's got to be really tough. You know, four months ago you had this tragic accident and you probably, you know, are saying like, why me? I'm not patting myself on the back when I say this. I have a lot of other issues other than this. I'm human. I'm, ju I'm, just, I'm just a guy. 
But strangely, I have not said why me once, but I have, and I did wake up, and I, I, I don't, I, I just echoed in my head, what are you, God, what are you doing? Because I had all of my ways planned out. Like, I was going to get a haircut when I got back from Utah. I'm serious. I was like, I'm going to get a haircut, and then there's this thing I need to do, and then at work I need to take care of X. And it's like, right? Because we all have our ways. Then, God, then God's like, oh, life, humanity. God didn't cause my accident. God's not causing the circumstances in your life that are disturbing. I want you to know this about God. This is good theology, good understanding and knowledge about who God is. He's not, he's a good God. He didn't, he didn't cause my accident, but he is going to take the opportunity and he's going to allow me to make the decision to voluntarily submit to the way that he wants to work in my life. Now I might walk through life. Maybe you're walking in circumstances in your life and you're like, God, I could have picked a thousand other ways for you to get my attention. <laughs> right? I don't, you don't need to get my attention this way. I could have been home in San Marcos. You could have got my attention. Like I could have been meditating. You could have been like, hey, I got a few things that I want to talk to you about. I need to recalibrate something. God's like, but I'm going to work this way. God, but why are you working this way? Have you ever questioned why God's working the way that he is? It's not wrong to say, God, what are you doing? Why are you working this way? But it's totally different. If we misunderstand and we walk out of that place of submission to that way. I've been asking, how are you working? And it's always beyond what we can understand. The Bible says it's beyond ways we can imagine. <laughs> and I'm so glad God doesn't tell me 100% how he's working. Because I'm the dude, if you told me, like, this is the plan. Here are all the steps. And this is where you're going to land. I'd be like, okay. And I would leave that meeting and I would mess every one of them up. Right? Because I'm going to be, well, I, I, know, I know Jesus said, <laughs> but, you know, I think it would look better. I would look better. Because <laughs> me, if I look good, that's all that matters. I would look better if I wasn't laying in a hospital bed almost dead because that's really that's stupid so i i'm gonna do it my way uh, what i'm poking at here is the fact that we're human we have a propensity we're compelled to go you know that's a really good idea i have a better way <laughs> right we listen this is the truth. We judge every leader by this. You're like, if I was president, I'll tell you what I would do. I would find out what's wrong with those stinking chickens right now and fix the prices of eggs. <laughs> every chicken in that coop would be wearing a little mask from Fauci. Chicken masks. But we do that with our own lives with Jesus. We like armchair quarterback Jesus. We're the backseat driver with Jesus. I like your way, Jesus. But if you just tweak it, he's like, that's the problem.
Your cross is how God is working. By the way, I want to tell you something. Submission to the way that God works is not a one-time occurrence. That's why Luke says daily. I, I, listen, for my own sake, and I wish I would be able to tell you as a teacher of God's word, I wish I could tell you, you know, one time you just need to say, I'm submitted one time. Wrong. You're going to say, you're, you're going to walk out of here today and go, Pat, that was a mediocre message, but at least I'm committed to being submitted. And you're going to walk out, and I guarantee you tomorrow morning, you're going to be faced with this. You're going to be like, I don't know if I'm submitted. And you're going to have to take the daily, voluntary, take up your cross. Come on. Isn't Isn't this being human? Leveling up requires taking up your cross through submission to God's ways. I am clinging personally to this right now. I'm clinging to God's ways, but I'm also clinging to his words. Number two, level up in submission to God's words. In Luke 9.26, it said, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words... And I said this, like Jesus could have very easily said, whoever is you know, ashamed of me. But he throws in this, like, by my words. <laughs> like, sometimes I'm okay with what you're saying. I just don't want to be seen with you. Sometimes we're okay with the idea of who people think you are. We just don't like what you're saying. And it's like God knows, like Jesus knows this is going to be something difficult for us. That there's going to be a war of words. And so he says this. He says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, listen to this, okay? The Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes, when Jesus returns. We love God's words as inspirational, as long as they never enter what culture deems as the criminal activity of being transformational. Let me say this a different way. Let me unpack this a little bit. There is a current love for the good vibes and the inspirational Jesus as the Savior. Jesus came to save me. Save me? Save who? Save everyone. Wow, really? That's inspirational. That there's a guy out there that would die to himself no personal gain to erase all the guilt and the shame that I'm carrying to redeem me and restore me to what I was originally designed for. That's inspirational. We love Savior Jesus. Culture loves the idea of inspirational Jesus. We today love, society loves good vibes Jesus. We love, we, we love the first half of the story that Jesus came to save and it's all about, and, and you know, and we describe ourselves, I'm spiritual. And I think, but, but here's the thing, I think it shows that we all have, even if you don't fully understand what you're saying, I think it shows we all have a bent toward knowing that there's something of spirit in us. Right? 
And so there's this current love for inspirational words of God. As long as they champion our way and our words, and they never act as the change agent to transform us. But the bottom line is, Jesus is Savior in our life, but he's also Lord. And I like submitting to Jesus the Savior. <laughs> Why not? He gave me the free gift of salvation. Free to me. Cost him his life, but it was free to me. I don't care what it costs you. It didn't cost me anything to get into the show. Right? But that's not the full, that's not the full story. We, we use this word in, in church and Christianity called gospel. It's not the full good news. The full good news is, is that it cost Jesus everything. And he did it so that we could walk into a transformed reality. That we would be something new. That even in the middle of this train wreck of an accident that I was in, God is in me. That in your circumstances that seem destructive and dark, and you're like, I don't understand. He is still in you. His heart is to create something new in you, a new perspective. For you to understand a deeper sense of your purpose. And, and this is where I'm at, this juxtaposed pressure that I feel in my life where I'm like, ah, I got to be honest with you. I, I rely on this, God's ways and words. I don't always like them. Can we just be honest about it? Because God's words create change in me. Jesus is so sure about this that Haley read this last week in, in the book of Mark. He's so sure about this that he rebukes Peter for saying otherwise. Listen to this. Mark 8, 31. It says, Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He's, he's saying the same thing that I just read in Luke. He goes, but listen to Mark's perspective. This was Mark's takeaway from this whole time. He goes, uh, he would be killed. This is Jesus being, he, he would, he, himself, would be killed. But three days later, he would rise from the dead. But as he talked, as Jesus talked about this openly with the disciples, Peter, <laughs> wise idea, takes Jesus aside and reprimands him, rebukes him. For what he's saying. How many times in my life am I like, Jesus, you know, I know that I read in the Bible that your words say such and such, but um, I need to call you into the corner for a second. I need to, I'm, gee, I rebuke you, Jesus, in the name of yourself. Because what you're, what, those words, what you're saying, those don't line up with the way that I want to live. I don't want to forgive the woman who caused this accident. I'm, sit, I'm sitting in, in, in my recovery. I go to the pool and I walk 25 yards in the pool in three foot deep water. It tuckers me out. I used to swim minimum 3,000 yards at a very fast pace in my training. I am now walking at an extremely slow pace, 25 yards in a pool, almost falling over. And I get done and I go sit in this jacuzzi 
I, and I love, I, I, anyone, I don't know if you know, Algo Norte, beautiful pool. Okay, anyway, I go sit in the jacuzzi, and this guy starts talking to me. And he, when I get in the jacuzzi, it's a massive jacuzzi. It fits like 90 people. And And the man says, huh, looks like someone took a can opener to your shoulder. <laughs> so it's what he says to me when I get in because I got scars on my shoulder, you know. No, no, it's okay. I'm not offended by it. People are like, oh. <laughs> it doesn't bother. It doesn't relax. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> you know why? It gives me the opportunity to talk about this. So I say to him, we start talking, and, he, and I was like, ah, he goes, did, did, you, did you break your, your, your collar, just that? And I'm like, no, no, no. Finally, the whole story unpacks, right? And he says to me, and I say, yeah, you know, this, this woman accidentally pulls in front of me on the race course, stops, and I hit the car, and, this whole, and I tell him the whole story. And you know what he says to me? He goes, you know the worst part about this? That stupid woman. Who just leaves, you know, I know it's just, it's just got to stick with you. And he's talking about this deep sense of bitterness that I must have. And I, and I'm sitting there looking at him and I said, actually, like, here's the deal. I realized in the hospital when I woke up and they told me what happened when I looked at my seven children and my granddaughter and my son-in-laws and my couple of friends that are standing there, I said, I already have enough that I have to bear. I don't need to bear the bitterness of unforgiveness. And the man like looked at me. Now, I'm not saying this to you because I got it figured out. By the way, me recounting the story to him, I was preaching this to myself because my humanity is struggling can I be fair in this? And then the man, you know, he's like cussing like a sailor, which I kind of laugh and I actually love a little bit. Because there's, then there's the moment they're like, what do you do? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that'll stop a conversation. I'm a pastor. Oh. <laughs> You don't look like a pastor. <laughs> oh, I tore a three-piece suit in the jacuzzi. You're right. Man, you guys are getting what the last service didn't get. It's hard. Life. <laughs> I'm not talking about my situation. Can we just be honest about this right now in our, in our shared humanity? This, this, it, it's hard. You know, following Jesus, it's hard. Because God's best for me. My thought of better is, yeah, I want to hold that woman's feet to the fire. Look what she did. I, I'm walking a 48-minute mile pace yesterday. I used to run a six-minute mile pace. True story. But God's ways are, listen, they're always pulling the best out of you and me. Our ways will do nothing but achieve incremental better.
and his ways, they pull on our best. You know what's best for me? That I live with forgiveness. Do you know how hard that is? Who do you need to forgive today? That's your cross today. That's you submitting to God's ways and his words today. What are you de- <laughs> Yeah, there's a word. She said sometimes you need to forgive yourself. This is what I know when I said this to this guy. He goes, "That's that's an interesting way of looking at it." He says, you know, I've been through a lot. In 25, he tells me this story. He goes, 25 years ago, I almost died. Some friends found me at one in the morning. They rushed me to the hospital. And he said, I'm in the emergency room. And I see right in front of me an image of Jesus Christ on the cross. He doesn't know, he hasn't asked, he doesn't know I'm a pat, right? He's not like going, oh, you're a pastor? Let me tell you a Jesus story, you know? He just starts telling me this in the middle of this hot tub, and I'm like, hmm. He goes, yeah, I just, when I heard you say that, he goes, I, I, I realized, and he goes, even just recently, he goes, like, I, I mean, I was like saying everything, like, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to submit to you. He goes, in the 25 years, I didn't do it. He goes, I, I, I just started going back to church. What was funny is, as he's telling me this, as I'm just starting to go back to church, he had profanities filled in there. <laughs> I'm like, F yeah, bro. I meant faith. Faith. Like, th- like this is this is the reality. Jesus knows. He knows what you, he knows what you're taking up. Why don't you stand with me? I'm gonna have James come up. When the piano player comes up, Holy Spirit comes, and we need the Holy Spirit. We need, we need God's ways and words. After Peter rebukes Jesus, Jesus turned around and says in verse 33, and looks at his disciples, he reprimands Peter. Like, dude, you know, my words, Jesus is saying this morning, my words are the only words that give eternal life. And I think society is living in a space where we're we're rebuking the words of Jesus. But his words give us abundance. John 6, 68. Simon Peter, same dude. Is in this dialogue with Jesus again. Lord, to whom would we go? And he says, you have the words that give eternal life. 
where am I going to go? We believe and we know that you're the Holy One of God. Jesus, you give eternal life. You're the Savior. You're the Holy One of God. You're the Lord. Both are necessary, Lord and Savior. Both are necessary, His ways and His words. But we've got to submit to it. And it's, it's, it's your choice. It's my choice. It truly is. And I love that He says do it daily because He knows our struggle. He knows I'm going to get it wrong. He knows I'm going to, I'm going to need new mercies every morning. That's what the Bible tells us. He knows that I'm going to miss the mark sometimes. He knows the same about you. Can we just say yes, but Lord, we are willing to submit to you daily, to your ways and to your words. I don't understand how you're doing things or what you're doing, and I don't always understand what you're saying. But your ways are above my ways. Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Peter says, you have the words that give eternal life. And then in Matthew, Jesus says this. He goes, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Listen, there's a lot of noise in our ears. And I just want you to know those things are going to disappear. But the word of God, what Jesus says about you and how he speaks for you and the guidelines he gives for us to live our lives when we're submitted to him, they live forever. Let's close our eyes. I know that when, when we say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to submit to you by taking up my cross, that there's a level up there, but I also know that when we do that, we're taking on what culture might perceive as criminal activity. It might be humiliating. It might seem foolish. But the question is still, am I going to Am I going to live in submission? And this is your opportunity today. Submit to Jesus as Savior. What he's done on his cross so that you don't have to carry his cross. Submit by taking up, his, taking up your cross. Submit to his ways and to his words. And if today, if you're willing, if you're saying yes, maybe you could just open up your hands in front of you. And, and, and all this is by opening our hands, it just says, my heart, it's a physical kind of sign that what my heart is open. It's God, and, and this, is what I, this is what I'm praying this morning, God, change my human point of view. Because Jesus said to Peter, get away from me, Satan. And he said, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God. So God, change my human point of view so I can see 
that submission to your ways and living according to your words are bringing out the best in me in this life process of taking up my cross. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning that there is nothing better, that there is nothing more that you need. There's literally nothing more that you need. What, what, what I would tell you is Jesus is everything. His words are everything. His ways are everything. And I've lived life for some time. I've been through some stuff. And Jesus keeps reminding me as he takes me through these different things. He keeps reminding me, Pat, my ways are better than all of the ways that you could. My words are way better. And I just go, Jesus, this is what I know. You're everything. This morning, you, if you make a decision to submit to Jesus Christ this morning, I want to I be sure that you're prayed with. He wants to take the things that you feel burdened by and he wants you to feel freedom from underneath those. So this is what, I just real quick instruction. We have a minister team who's ready to pray with you. If you want to step in and say, Lord, I want to live in submission to you as Lord Savior. I would love for you to tell someone this morning, come forward to get prayer. Let someone know. This is, this is actually the most important part and we want to come alongside you. And secondarily, for those of you who know Jesus, maybe this morning you're like, hey, there's some things in my life that I have not allowed him to be Lord in my life. And now's the opportunity for you just to give those things over. I've been living with Lord as you as Savior. And if this is you, you, you can just, you can agree with me. You can just pray with me. God, that I've been living with you as Lord as Savior. I love the inspirational part of that. But God, I really have struggled with making you Lord. So God, I'm going to submit to your ways and your word. And I'm going to allow you to be Savior and Lord in my life. Inspirational and transformational. Because the things that you're feeling, God, like I'm, I'm struggling with this. He wants to change and transform those things, but it's going to require you submitting to him, to his ways and to his words, to him as Lord and Savior. So God, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you that you're a good God that allows us to approach you, even if we make 101 mistakes. And we thank you for that. Lord, encourage us as we move into our day for the rest of today and we move into our Monday that we'd remember daily, take up our cross. Your ways, your words. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said amen and amen.